grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the epistle lesson from Romans chapter 7, where Paul writes, I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil that I do not want is what I keep on doing. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin and death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Dear friends of Christ, you know, all of us have come across that sign on a bench that says, wet paint, don't touch. And I remember a, a, a session of Canon Camera where they did that. They put a sign on a bench and then recorded people as they walked by. And of course, they'd slow down, they'd read the sign, and most of them had to touch the paint. And in our sermon this morning, we're going to talk about that innate proclivity to sin, that innate proclivity to do what's wrong, even though we know what's right. And I don't understand. I don't understand why I choose to do what I know is wrong. And that's what we do. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care how righteous you think you are. There are times where we do. You do it. I do it. We know God's commandments, and yet we choose to break them. We do wrong anyway. God says, don't touch, and we can't help ourselves. We have to touch. God says, don't trespass. He puts a, a, a line in the sand, and we have to trespass. There's, now, there is part of me. There's part of me as a Christian that wants to do what God wants. I hope that part's in you, because that's a Christian. I, I want to do what's right. But another part of me doesn't want to do what God wants. I know what's wrong, and I know what's right. I wish that I could tell you that every day I wake up seeking to do what is right, but that's not true. Sometimes I love doing what's wrong more than I love God. The Apostle Paul this morning talks about that inner struggle with sin. And he says, I do not understand what I do. You see, Paul understood this daily struggle. This daily battle within. For him, it was an intense struggle. And that's why Paul wrote, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst because he'd been persecuting the church. He'd been killing Christians. But I received mercy for this reason. As the worst sinner, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So Paul knew his lost condition. Paul knew the daily struggle, that he was a chief of sinners. But his sin did not define who he was. That's going to be kind of a theme. Our sin does not define us either. Why? Because we're defined by grace. We're defined by Christ who loves us. That's who defines who you are. 
you're a redeemed child of God. You are defined by being forgiven. By having a Savior. That's what defines you. That's what is your existence. And that's why Paul concluded in our text with these words, Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Otherwise there be no hope. Now, yes, we have that inner struggle with sin. And I want to talk about that. Okay? Under our theme, the struggle with sin. Have you ever wondered why you don't put other people first? I mean, after all, Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. So if you're a follower of Christ, why don't you say, well, that should be simple. I'll just simply always put myself last. I'm going to let my spouse always win. I'm going to let my spouse always have the final word. I'm going to lose so that other people can enjoy the win. Why don't we do that? Why do none of us do that? Why don't we put ourselves last? Well, a little girl was playing with her older brother. Older brother got a little rough, things got out of hand. The little girl pretty much got to the point where she just wasn't going to take it anymore. So she pinched him. And to make it even worse, she twisted the skin so that it hurt. It was intentional. You see, mom and dad didn't have to teach her that. Mom and dad didn't have to teach that little girl how to get even with a sibling. That innate nature comes out right away. Kids come out of the womb biting, screaming, and hitting. Now, that painful pinch wasn't enough for the girl, however. And so she devilishly told her little brother, I hate you. Paul tells us the truth. What comes out of us comes out because we're evil. By nature. And Paul's evil nature baffled him. Because he loved the Lord. And that's why he wrote, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my sinful flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right. I do not have the ability to carry it out. Yes, we're children of God. So how can this be? How can this be that as children of God, we, as God's beloved children, and yet at the same time, we're willing to do things to offend Him? Again, Paul writes, I do not understand my own actions. For what I do not want, I do not do the thing I want, but the very thing that I hate, this is what I do. Why do you choose to sin? Doesn't sinning against the Lord run against your grain? Listen, we, we're children of God. We're baptized. We've been forgiven. Our sins are washed away. We know what Jesus has done to save us, and yet we repay Him for His sacrifice. We repay Him for His faithfulness. We repay Him for His sacrificial love. How? By willfully sinning against Him. 
And Paul says, I do not understand my own self. My own actions. Maybe, maybe you don't understand yourself either. However, you should know that your innate desire to sin is not who you are. Let me explain. As a believer, as a believer, as a Christian, you want to be faithful to God. Right? That's what you desire to do. You want to keep His commandments. You know His commandments. You would love to be able to keep them. That's what people of faith do. They desire to serve Christ. The problem, though it's our desire to serve Him, to put Him first, to keep His commandments, we can't. And that's why Paul lamented, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. You know, when sin pops up in your life, understand this. Your sin does not define who you are. The real you is defined by Christ. The real you, the new you, is defined by salvation. We are defined and redeemed by Christ the crucified. And your desire to sin is not who you are as a child of God. Confusing? (laughs) Listen, every Christian struggles with this. It's a constant battle, and Paul talks about this daily struggle this way. He says, for I have the desire to do what is good. I cannot carry it out, for for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who am doing it, but the sin that is living in me that is doing it. So sin is living in me. Sin is alive in me. We're sinners. But we are also forgiven children of God. We have to remember that. We are forgiven children of God who have been redeemed by Christ's forgiving righteousness. Martin Luther said that we're both sinners and saints at the same time. Sinners in that we have have broken His commandments. Our sins have been washed away, though, because of Christ. And we wear this beautiful robe of righteousness. And we've been made holy in the blood of Christ. What a paradox. What a dilemma. And yet we still struggle with sin. Sinful thoughts and sinful actions, they still plague us. However, when we see sin pop up in our lives, you can say with all the confidence, that does not define who I am. That does not define your existence. Christ does. Now, sure. Again, we struggle with sin every single day. Every single moment. 
but that struggle in sin does not define my existence. Christ does. And that's why Paul writes, I find this law at work in me. It's like the law of gravity, not this law that isn't working us. Like the law of gravity, you drop something and every single time it hits the ground. It's a scientific law. And just like there are scientific laws, there are spiritual laws at work in us. And this spiritual law, Paul describes it this way. I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Now listen, as a believer, I know you love God. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a believer. You know what he's done for you. You know know the sacrifice he made. You understand his grace and mercy, and, and because of his mercy, you want to serve him. But don't you see? The closer we walk with Jesus, the more we desire to serve him, the more devastated we are when sin pops up and prevents all that. How frustrating is that? We love the Lord and then daily disappoint the one we love. That's why we cry out with St. Paul, O wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Every believer struggles with this. You know, a man once told, told a pastor, I don't go to church. I don't go to church because I've never found a good church. Every church I've visited has something wrong with it. Maybe it's the music, or maybe it's the pastor, or maybe it's their theology that they teach, or or maybe it's the people. The pastor responded, well, if you ever do find that perfect church, please don't join it. And the man was confused, perplexed, and the pastor continued, he said, again, If you find that perfect church, please don't join it, because if you do, you will ruin it. Listen, I I don't want to alarm you, but every congregation that's ever existed is filled with sinners. Broken people in in need of God's grace. However, our sin does not define who we are. Who are we? We are the body of Christ. We are the people of God. We are saints washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're justified, which means we're not guilty. We're declared innocent. We're declared holy. We're declared righteous through the blood, through the sacrifice, through the payment. And that's what defines us. That's who I am. That's who you are. A sinner. Redeemed. Sinners and saints at the same time. and That's why we hear Paul's words, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate. And we say the same thing. We agree with those words. We say, that describes me. That's who I am. But it doesn't define who I am. Don't you get it yet? You are not defined by the sin that dwells in you. You're not defined by your wickedness. You're not defined by your 
natural propensity to sin. We are defined by Christ. We are defined by His love. We are defined by His mercy. We are defined by the cross. What makes us who we are? Children of God. And His love will define who we are for all eternity. Don't you see? We live in that victory. Just like we live in a free country of America. It's the 4th of July. People shed their blood to set us free. And the blood has been shed by Christ. And we're set free. It defines who we are. And the more we see our wretched condition, the more we appreciate the victory we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Paul described himself as a wretched man. That's a powerful word. I'm a wretched person. And he cries out to be delivered. And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ my Lord. Praise be to the Lord God, our Father, sent Jesus Christ to save sinners like us. Thanks be to God. Yes, we sin. But sin has no power over us. Yes, we die, but sin and death do not define who we are. Because we will die, but we'll rise again. We will sin, but one day we'll be sinless. Sin and death didn't define Paul. Sin and death doesn't define you. And sin and death doesn't define me. In our gospel for today, Jesus, our Savior, said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Are you, are you wearied by this struggle of sin? Are you beaten down by God's law? Are you burdened by your unfaithfulness to the Lord? Are you frustrated with that daily struggle to sin? But listen to what Jesus says. Come to me. Come to me. I have rest. I'll give you peace. Peace the world cannot give. Yes, we are by nature sinful and unclean, but that innate failure does not define us. It does not destroy us. We are children of God. You know, Katy Perry, that singer, failed. She dropped out of high school after her freshman year to pursue a singing career, and then she signed for three music companies and three music labels failed. But she didn't let that failure define who she was. She continued until she had that first hit single and of course now today she's Katy Perry. We live that way through Jesus Christ. Sin does not destroy us. Sin does not define us. Just the opposite. When we sin, we lean on God's grace. When we sin, we lean on God's mercy. And that's why God told Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And we're weak. German philosopher Frederick 
Friedrich Nietzsche, Nietzsche said in his book, Twilight of Idols, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Indeed, sin does not kill me. Death does not kill me. But when I sin and when I die, it will only make me stronger. Why? Because I, like you, daily learn to lean on Jesus' grace. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.